This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Hamilton on the edge of the box, couldn't get the cross in, here's Mandroyu, right-handed for the box and coming in at the far post there and it's into the back of the net and Lincoln City have taken the lead in the 14th minute and Morgan just didn't pick up the runner at the back post, first shot from Ethan Hamilton on the edge of the box was cleared away, it fell on the left-hand corner of the Morgan area to Danny Mandroyu, he curled it towards the back post and nobody picked up the runner and it's slid in off the underside of the crossbar to make it Lincoln City 1, Morecambe 0. Corner comes in from Adam Mayer. It's headed towards goal and into the back of the net for the equaliser by JJ McKinnon. And that was a beautiful corner by Adam Mayer. And it was nodded in from about, what, 15 yards or so out. And it's Michael Mellon with his 11th goal of the season celebrates in front of a jubilant travelling contingent away to our right-hand side. Quite a positive start for the Shrimps. 52nd minute. One a face here in the FA Cup. Cross comes in. Sloon. Oh, it's hit the post, I think, there. I reckon Jordan Sloon's hit the base of the post. Lovely deep cross from the right-hand side. And Jordan Sloon ghosting in, similar to the way Lars Sorensen did in the first half for Lincoln. And he just, just cushioned it with his right instep. And I reckon that's come off the base of Lucas Jensen's near post and away for safety. King slides it in. We're in here. We're in. Here's Bloxham. Takes it round the keeper. Tom Bloxham's not scored for Morecambe until today. And he finally gets off to Mark to give the Shrimps the lead in the 53rd minute. And what a way to score your first goal for the club. Beautiful ball by Eli King defence splitting pass and there was Tom Bloxham drifting in from the right hand side centre of the field drew the keeper took it round Lucas Jensen couple of people coming back on the line and he just slides it into the far corner from a tight angle and we've turned it around here at the Allen ER Stadium almost against the odds didn't really have a shot on goal until we scored in the 43rd minute and in the 53rd minute it's Lincoln City 1 Morecambe 2 the first goal in the Morecambe shirt for Tom Bloxham Donald Love is playing left back in this second half. Here comes Jordan Sloan, left side, tries to go down the byline, gets a cross, and it's a beautiful cross as well, where Tom Bloxham, is that cleared off the line? I've no idea how that stayed out. Beautiful ball by Jordan Sloan, and it was met brilliantly on the volley by Tom Bloxham, uh, beat the keeper, and somehow, Lincoln City just got a man back on the line to clear the danger away. I thought he was gonna break the net there, Blocko. Brilliant ball from Jordan Sloan. And Morecambe so, so close to making it 3-1. See how Morecambe defend this corner. 84th minute comes in. Left-footed towards the back post. It's off the post and cleared away. Second phase. Header comes in from Ioma and it's wide and Morecambe have got away with it. And it was almost a carbon copy of Morecambe's equaliser just before half-time. Cross from the right, from the corner, left-footed in Twinger, header came in, Adam Smith was beaten, there was nobody on the line at the back post, and it comes back off the upright.
Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio. Jan Songo, Mellon goes up and over, looking for Jordan Slew, nodded back to his keeper just about by Lass Sorensen. Lincoln have got to get on with it. Referee puts the whistle to his lips. Boos echo around the LNER Stadium. And Morecambe have come from behind here this Saturday afternoon to beat their League One opponents by two goals to one. Michael Mellon poaching two minutes from half-time from a JJ McKinnon header following a great corner from the right side by the left boot of Adam Mayer and a fantastic winner on the 52nd minute. And it was Tom Bloxham with his first goal for Morecambe. He's played so, so well this season as Blocko on loan from Shrewsbury. And in the 52nd minute, Eli King found him inside the box with an inch-perfect pass, took it round the keeper, Jensen, and slotted it into the far corner. Calm as you like for what proved to be the winning goal here this Saturday afternoon. Lincoln did look good. They passed it around very, very nicely at times. But uh, Adam Smith... Didn't really have too much to do. A couple of relatively routine saves. One from a Mandroyu free kick in the first half. And a header late on, both to his left-hand side, which he managed to clutch on his goal line. Both saves you would want Smithy to make. And uh, he did exactly what he had to do. Lincoln hit the post with a header late on as well. That could easily have found its way into the back of the net uh, from a corner from the right-hand side. Had a couple of balls flashing across the face of the six-yard box as well as Morecambe rode their luck ever so slightly as uh, they searched for that equaliser. Uh, but it wasn't to be. And it's Derek Adams' men in the second round draw for the FA Cup later on this weekend. And I think overall, you have to say, the Shrimps deserve it. We stood tall, we stood strong, we went toe-to-toe with our League One opponents. You can talk data, you can talk stats, you can talk numbers all you like. XG counts for nothing if you don't put the ball in the back of the net. And that is exactly what Morecambe have done this Saturday afternoon. And the way the first half panned out, you didn't see it coming really, because Lincoln, after they took the lead on 14 minutes, Last Sorensen finishing in off the underside of the bar from a Mandroyu cross from the left-hand side of the Morecambe penalty area. Lincoln looked in control. They were passing it around really well. We couldn't really lay much of a glove on them in the final third, and it was not until the 43rd minute when that corner from Adam Mayer was headed goalwards by JJ McKinnon and a proper poacher's little, got a little flick on it in Michael Mullen, uh, courtesy of goal cam. We found out at half-time that we can... Uh, confirm that it was Mellon with the final touch that was Morecambe's first effort on goal really, in at uh, 1-1 at half time, different team talk of course for Derek Adams and we came out the blocks really well in the second half got that superb second goal from Tom Bloxham and we managed to see the game out in terrible, terrible weather conditions here at the LNER Stadium this uh, Saturday afternoon, the rain has been absolutely bucketing down all afternoon, it's cold, it's damp it's dank but it's the Shrimps in the second round of the FA Cup. Well, Derek, a fantastic cut win today here at Lincoln. A really tough game for you. Two on winners. You must be delighted. Yeah, it was. It was obviously going to be a tough draw away to home from a team in the middle of the table in League One. And um, we've come here today. We've gone away and uh, won the game. Uh, and we could have probably scored more goals. They started well, I thought, that uh, being the home side, that was always going to be the case. And they got a really good goal from, from their point of view. Sonnenson making the late runs into the box that he did to make them 1-0 up. But then, uh, after that, we got a grip of the game. The problem with the first half was that we just 
failed on about eight occasions to make that final pass through when we had done really well to regain possession. Second half, we did it even better. We, we regained the ball, we made the pass, and um, we got off and running. And uh, you know, I think that you know the way that we got the goals, the way that. Uh, I think Mellon's claiming the goal, by the way, <laughs> uh, at the back post. And uh, Tom Bloxon's was, was unbelievable. We've hit the post as well. We've had one cleared off the line. Uh, the goalkeeper's made some good saves as well. It went end-to-end for the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. We were still in control of the match, but at the end of the day, it's about progressing to the next round of the cup. I thought the players worked great. Fitness levels were excellent today. You know, To, to go and play at Barrow on Tuesday and then come here uh, and put on this type of performance. We made changes to the team today as well. And they all came in and gave us, you know, fresh impetus to go forward. So pleased for Tom Bloxham to get his first goal. And uh, he could have had trick in the end. He could have, yeah. I mean, the goalkeeper's made a, an unbelievable save. And then they say the one that uh, the defender cleared off the line, they thought it was over the line. But uh, at the end, you know, we could have been out of sight by that stage. Then they come in to the game late on and have a few opportunities they hit the post as well with a header uh, but you know we're into the next round It was a fantastic cup tie and it's everything the FA Cup's about isn't it? It is yeah I mean it's it's the, it's all about the giant killing and uh, you know we've come here today and we're the giant killers you know because uh, Lincoln City are, are a big player in League One and uh, you know we've come here on their own patch as we did at home last season uh, in the game that we played then we won 3-2 we've come here to win 2-1 today again just mentioned Tom Bloxham there delighted for him to score his first goal but he's done so well all season with his assists and that, that must be a real confidence boost for him today yeah I mean I thought you know today he we'd always try to get him in at that back post area uh, but his, his finish was outstanding and, he, and he's capable of doing that. Uh, he had another one right on the half volley late on in the game as well. But I thought the front three were fantastic today because not only their work rate, but uh, their intelligence on the ball and off the ball as well. I thought it was Merlin's best game for a while because even though he scored a hat-trick, I thought out of possession he was very good and then holding the ball up, linking play, I thought the three in the middle of the park, you know, all ran their socks off uh, and then the, the back four, you know, had to be on their game. You say the back four because Lincoln have some good players, Mandry and Sorensen, they are good players. Yeah, they've got very good players, there's no doubt about it and um, they are where they are in League One, it's, it's a, a difficult league to be playing but uh, they're in a very good position and uh, that's why they're there. Finally, £40,000 and into the second round it's a good day all round isn't it? Yeah it's great for the supporters we took you know a lot here today and a terrible day with, with conditions so you know safe travels back to them but they supported us you know right throughout the football match even when we were 1-0 down they could see what we were trying to do and uh, you know just to, to finish it off you know we've gone home and, and into the draw well, James a 2-1 FA Cup win today that was a real battle wasn't it and a great win for you Yeah it was um, you know it's a tough place to come Lincoln Lincoln away, I think last season they didn't lose you, so um, yeah, you know, it's the name of the game in the FA Cup, win and move on to the next round, hopefully get a good tie. Delighted that you were able to play, Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, so I gave you permission to play, and that, that was good news for us, and you must have enjoyed it. Yeah, I did, yeah, I've uh, always enjoyed playing in the FA Cup, you know, there's that little added motivation, you know, maybe you get to the third round, get a big team, so um, yeah, it's always a battle, and both teams going head to head, it was a good game, I think, yeah. We said in commentary that you know Lincoln are a good side. They've got some good players, so that was a really, really good win today. Yeah, they have. Yeah, as I said last season, you know I came here lost, and don't think they lost the game here last season. You know they got some good players, they're, they're a solid team all around. So to come and do what we did shows what a good side we are. 
Now, I know the gaffer wanted a response after Tuesday at Barrow, and he certainly got that today. Yeah, he did, of course. It shows, you know, the character in the group we've got. You know, we've got some good players and, and you know, even better lads. We wanted to bounce back. Thursday and Friday training was really good, so we just had all our uh, minds on bouncing back here. A tough game, anyways. They probably had the better of the first half. They had the better of the chances. But once Michael Mellon, who's claiming the goal, I believe, brought you back into it, then you had some great chances early in the second half. You could have been four or five up. Yeah, well, we've seen this at half time. You know, I don't think we were fully at the races first half. I think you know we started three at the back and then changed shape. Maybe we were a little, little bit muddled up or whatnot. But once we settled, second half we came out. You know, could have been more than two one. You know, could have been four or five one. We had some chances and we kept the back door shut. So yeah, it was a good performance. We've talked quite a lot now about the development of players like yourself, you know, a few players I know, Tom Blocks from today. You must be delighted for him scoring. Yeah, I yeah, am, you know, I have a little joke with uh, Blocko every week. I think the, the other team's left-back seems to get subbed off at half-time. It's happened like, recently quite a lot, so, you know, he's such a good player. So young as well, only just turned 20, I think, so, you know, just a nightmare to play against, like, if you're playing against him, so he deserves that goal. He's been good every week, now. Must be a buoyant dressing room after the game today. Yeah, yeah, it was. We had the tunes on and stuff here, made up. Just want to get that, want to get through, get a good draw, and then third round, you never know, get one of the big boys. Yeah, second round now. Do you fancy anybody? I don't know really. Maybe a tie you get in the telly. That, that you know, they're always good. You you get a low non-league team or something. You know, you 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 get in the telly, and then for me personally, I'd love to get like an Everton at Goodison Park third round or something. I've always said it, and yeah, a big tie third round. That's the motivation for everyone. That's what you a player in your position. They always fancy that game against the Premiership club, don't they? Yeah, you do. I think you know. I think every player, especially our squad, got some young, good young players. You know, want, want to get big teams, good players, and you know, see see where you're at when you play against them big players. So, yeah. But I so said you don't want to just play them. You want to go and beat them as well. I think that's our attitude in, in the dressing room. So you never know what happens. Hopefully, we can go as far as possible. We're up and running. Number 21. Number 21 is Wickham Wanderers, currently 10th in League One. They won on Saturday at Bradford. Number 25. They will play number 25, and that is Morecambe. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio, episode 135. Goodness me. This is Dave Salmon. Thanks so much for your downloads and subscriptions. Always appreciated, of course. And your ears on Shrimps Live, full match commentary of every single Morecambe game. Home and away, League and Cup, the only place where you can hear that for free right here on Beyond Radio. And of course, you can always subscribe uh, via iFollow Shrimps as well. So the second round draw for the FA Cup has been completed. Not great for the Shrimps once again. Uh, terrible, terrible look, I think, because to go to uh, a mid-table League One side uh, in the first round and then go to a mid-table League One side in the second round, uh, I don't think is absolutely uh, amazing, is it, by a long way. It could have been a lot better. I would have wanted anybody at home, really, even uh, one of the higher-ranking League One teams left anybody at home I think would have been much better for us but a trip to Wickham Wanderers awaits in a couple of weeks time uh, we don't know exactly when that's going to be played it will be some point between Friday the 1st and Monday the 4th of December keep an eye out on uh, all of the official Morecambe Club channels and of course via the Beyond Radio online channels as well and we'll let, let you know uh, as soon as we find out the exact date for the tie 
So an overall not a great draw in the FA Cup, but uh, we have to look at it positively, I suppose. We've got the prize money from the first round victory. We're going to get uh, some more prize money, even if we end up losing in the second round. I don't think we will, by the way, but uh, we'll get a few more quid through the door there as well. Another cut of the gate money as well. I think uh, it's going to be a decent attendance at Adams Park. Wickham Wanderers are a well-supported uh, club, and that's all going to feed in uh, to the pot. And bear in mind our current financial situation as it stands at this moment in time uh, the prize money for this and the gate receipts from this FA Cup run could pay theoretically for a signing in the January transfer window that we might have otherwise not have been able to afford and that signing could make all the difference in our league campaign so uh, it's all positive uh, but not a great draw it has to be said uh, looking forward to heading down to Adams Park anyway because we do get a warm welcome there uh, but yeah another away trip another longer way trip for the shrimps as well which isn't great uh, but uh, it is what it is and we'll look forward to, to heading down to Wickham Wanderers in a few weeks time onwards then we go back to league action next Saturday no midweek game for the shrimps uh, to contend with ahead of our trip to Grimsby Town on Saturday the 11th of November uh, looking to bounce back of course after uh, defeat in the league last time out away at Barrow and uh, back to matters in hand as we try and maintain our uh, playoff place six in the table at the moment with 27 points from 15 games it's one heck of a return isn't it I know we didn't play great against Barrow but goodness gracious me what a start to the season it's been ahead of the game I've been talking to Alex from the DN35 podcast Uh, Alex a diehard Grimsby fan uh, through good times and bad and the ideal man then to get the full lowdown uh, on the Mariners ahead of our trip to Blundell Park this coming Saturday and if you're not heading to the game of course the only place where you can hear full match commentary of every single match this season home and away League and Cup right here on Shrimps Live we'll be on Beyond Radio on our FM and DAB plus digital radio services from just before 2.55 and also via I Follow Shrimps. So Alex thanks for jumping on our podcast, great to chat to you mate. Before we get going tell us everything we need to know about the DN35 podcast There really is nothing you need to know. To to be entirely honest we were, uh, me and my friend Henry suffered through the relegation season in 2009 uh, where we went 25 games without a win and we thought our comedy gold was being lost amongst the ether of uh, swearing and booing at Nick Colgan being incompetent. So uh, we we did a podcast every now and then because we live down south. So it was kind of a way of just sort of keeping together. And it's grown from there. And you know, every football club team seems to has has a you know a set of guy, white guys in their mid thirties, forties <laughs> talking uh, talking about lower league football. And uh, it's usually just a, a therapy session for us at the moment. But um, you can catch it on a Sunday if you want to. But um, Unless you actually know, we'll talk about Nick Jevons a lot. So, you know, it's, it's a welcome place for Morecambe fans. <laughs> there has been that explosion, Alex, hasn't there, of, of lots of fan-led uh, content creation. And, and I think regardless of who's doing it, it can only be for the good of everybody involved in who watches football, regardless of who you might support. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we were going through a partic- particularly tumultuous time and uh, the owners have said, look, if your podcast wasn't about, we might not have got involved, which was a really lovely thing to hear. Well, you know, as long as it goes right. Uh, and it is at the moment to a point. Uh, so um, it's it's nice to do. And it's you know, it money for charity. Took a mariachi band to Barnet. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> took um, inflatables to Barnet. It's just Barnet, really. Um, and um, yeah, so it's a, it's a, a useful thing. 
to while away the hours while my wife tuts at me saying, why don't you pay anybody else a little bit more attention than Alan Buckley and Alan Powton? Alex, I, I absolutely feel your pain, and I think uh, uh, content creators up and down the country also feel your pain on that. So uh, no problem there at all. Uh, we haven't played each other, have we, for for a few years because we've uh, we've been a little bit apart in in divisions. But uh, back in the football league now, and uh, well, it's not gone so well this season, has it so far? No, not really. Uh, just assure me that you know Kevin Ellison isn't still rocking around on a Zimmer frame. No, he's gone now. A bit better. Thank God for that. It was him and Tommy Mooney who sends shivers down any town fan's spines because uh, it's a useful bet to put on, at least for him to score. Um, he'd still score now. Uh, yeah, not great. Uh, the season has started with a bit of expectation, which is a little bit different. Uh, we obviously had a bit of FA Cup money after reaching the quarterfinals. Um, and this is the first season, even though Paul Hurst had been with us forever, this was the first season he'd ever been in charge of us where he knew when he knew by March what league we were going to be in. So he could plan accordingly. And he had an actual pre-season, which has not been the case since COVID. And um, expectations were slightly higher. And, you know, all these... I don't want to say so-called because it's mean because they do watch a lot of football. But those, you know, on on Twitter and on social media who look at lower league football outside of just their own sphere of their own club are going, actually, Grimsby Town are a bit of dark horses this season. And we were going into it with that sort of level of expectation. And there was early injuries, uh, and but nothing has clicked as the season's gone on. We had a particularly tough start, uh, but that tough is over. And we've, you know, we've played recently uh, Doncaster Colchester you know Accrington teams that would be I believe beatable um and unfortunately I think that's what's done for a manager I think a lot of it you know 90% of people with a heavy heart have said thank you for the memories but it's um it's time to go and that's not always the case with managers it's quite you know and it's quite period of mourning is a bit over the top but there is definitely a sad you know on a, 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 a no an atmosphere of ennui uh, amongst town fans over the next couple of days. And and given the cup runs and given the pr- promotions and everything that had gone along with that, as, a, as an outsider, Alex, it seems you lost four games in a row and that was enough for the for the trigger to be pulled. What, what Was it time for him to go or would you have liked to have seen him stick around? I think... Um... I think the the overall opinion had been that was probably about right. I'd have probably given him a couple more games... Uh, but I was still saying after actor, I said, probably time. Um, but you, you never know, do you? He's he, one of the problems with Paul Hurst, and we did sort of foresee it with expectations higher, with you know, a new team to pull together, uh, and you know, a relatively tough cup run. And Paul Hurst is pretty poor at turning around a ship, he will do it eventually, but you will go 10, 11 games with maybe one, maybe two wins in the total, and um. It just didn't happen and it got to a point where we weren't playing particularly well. Uh, we weren't creating that much. And then I think we I think we had analysed it as we've got short trousers. So we can either cover our arse or we can cover our, our, our ankles, but we can't do both. So, um, you know, if we're pushing, we're going to leak goals. And if we, you know, stay defensively solid, we are not scoring in a month of Sundays. And that seemed to be our problem. Yeah, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, I suppose, in that situation. But you look down your squad to the outsider, Alex, and you think, well, do you know what? You've got some, uh, certainly on paper at least, you've got some some decent names there. Yeah, and I think that's that hasn't helped, if anything, because, you know, um, 
Camille Conte is widely regarded as a pretty decent player, to, one for the future, and is playing as such. Uh, I think um, there have been... That's my son going upstairs. Uh, and then um, there, there's just, you know, a couple of players in there that were, were pretty useful. Charles Vernon came back after a really good spell with us before he went, he, he went on his way. And so expectations were high. And those leaders... We just don't have it seems like the leaders in the middle of the part that are needed for a club when things are going wrong. And now the worry is if we are going to be dragged into a dreaded relegation battle, do we have players of the right mindset to be able to battle that rather than ones that, you know, would prefer it are brilliant when things are a little bit more fair weather. One player who we're looking forward to seeing on, on Saturday, Alex, is uh, Arthur Nahua coming back to, to play against Morgan for the first time since he left us in the summer. How has he fared for you so far? Yeah, he's been fine. Uh, and I mean, that's probably about it. Not standout, not incredible. He's a six, seven out of 10. Won't do anything that will take a game by the scruff of the neck and potentially win it for you, but won't necessarily lose it for you either. Uh, but um, I think everyone in League Two and League One is just looking for someone on the wing who is capable of taking it past someone. Everyone, they all seem to be filled with self-doubt. Uh, when they come up against a left back or a right back and just, you know, I will play it. I'll play it back inside or I'll try the early cross. And for us, unfortunately, that's two five foot eight, you know, Danny Rose and it doesn't work. Uh, so um, uh, then we go back and we start again. And that's pretty much our, our um, 90 minutes in a nutshell. That's unusual you say that, Alex, because um, Arthur, for us, uh, was a bit of a mercurial talent in that respect. That he, he did like going past people and, and he could beat a man and get and get a good crossing. And he did score match-winning goals, granted not as often as we would have wanted him to, but uh, he did have that little bit of something about him. So uh, disappointing that he's not quite reproduced that for you yet. Yeah, maybe that's what's synonymously wrong with the club at the moment. It's just not, it's just not clicking. It's nearly there, but it's not there. And um, hopefully we see that out of him. He's had, you know, he's had spells where he's been a, a decent player, but I don't think he's won a man of the match yet or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, he's certainly not the worst player. But when, you know, you're sat 21st in the league, is that the compliment it's meant to be? <laughs> uh, now, at this point, I would uh, normally ask about how your, your style of play is and, and formations and team selections and that. But uh, I suppose there's a lot of imponderables at the moment. We, we, we're speaking before in our respective FA Cup first round ties uh, on on Saturday. So, uh, I mean, sod's law. We'll talk about it anyway. But, uh, you know, it's going to be out of date by the time people probably listen to this. Where do you see the managerial situation going? You've been linked with a couple of couple of interesting names. I saw Nathan Rooney's name being mentioned in social media uh, today, which I think is managing the team in Gibraltar at the moment, isn't he? But uh, that seemed quite a, a, a left-field one and one or two more popular ones, and Sam Allardyce, of course, as well. Um, but where do you see the managerial situation heading for yourself? We, we don't know because we've got... Because these, these are new owners... There are owners that talk about trusting the process, about being data driven. And generally, they are local guys done good who have done nothing but good things and have been really respectful for when Paul Hurst lost his job. And as a result, I don't know where they're going. Paul Hurst was appointed just before they would take took full control of the club. But the, you know, the the backhanded the backroom rumors were like if former owner had been there there is not a cat, a cat in hell's chance Paul Hurst would have come back um, and so they were head, heavily involved in that and at the time standout candidate successful 
previously, you know, knows the club, which is apparently useful. And so I don't know where we go. Danny Cowley's been linked, but, you know, Lincoln are just down the road flirting. Um, and Phil Parkinson at Altrigham have been, uh, has been muted. Nathan, yeah, Nathan Rooney was, was put out there again. Yeah. Gibraltar is like, well, he looks like an interesting guy, but can he go to Bromley first and just test himself out before he, you know, before we have a will. Um, but I could see us going for someone. What I don't want is a manager who is well-known and is on for a last hurrah. I'm looking at Mike Newell or Ian Holloway, Ian Runaway, um, and, you know, just are completely and utterly incompetent. Um, so no Steve Bruce, no Big Sam, no Neil Warnock, none of those types. I'm quite happy to re- re- run away from them. I would much prefer the bloke who's in Gibraltar playing. What do they have, like three clubs? You know, I don't think he's like fourth in the moment in the league. I don't know, maybe 10 teams in and the Premier like... Division. I don't know. <laughs> How can you have five, te- ten teams in Gibraltar? What is it? Brian plays for both of them from the um, whatever. And that's <laughs> I did see on Twitter actually. He said he had an, an unbeaten start to the season, so you know that's something to build on, I guess, isn't it? But yeah, well, so, does <laughs> so does Keith in the third division in Grimsby Sports and Leisure League. It's not going to take you anywhere. But um, it's um, yeah, it's um, an interesting one. I really don't know. Danny Cowley would be obviously a, a, a really you know the one that would be a bit of a coup but i would imagine just going for someone like phil parkinson it's a shame that mike williamson at um at gateshead had already been taken by franchise but um um you know we we live and learn whatever it will it'll be a well thought out choice so let's look at that team then alex and uh, tell us everything we need to know uh, about a current season grimsby team likely team formation players to watch what do we need to know that's interesting yeah um we will play. Uh, we'll have a lot of the ball. We'll do nothing with it. You'll get a you'll you'll get a corner. Pop it in. One nil. Jobs are good, and um, and then you'll go home. Uh, but um, that was what it would be like under the old manage- management at the moment. Uh, now I don't really know. I expect us to go a bit more back to basics. I wouldn't be surprised if we play two up front, which we haven't really been doing. I expect someone like Donovan Wilson and Danny Rose to 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 link up up top. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Ganua uh, out on the wing. Uh, you've also got Abuisa, who is the mercurial talent at town at the moment. Caught, scored four or five from about 75 yards out at the beginning of the season um, and um, has sort of waned since then. Gavin Hollihan, the consummate professional, local boy done good, Harry Clifton in the middle as well. But at the same time, you expect other players that have been out of fashion to maybe come back into the frame. So Alex Hunt came from us from Sheffield Wednesday. He's a really useful talent, but he's a quite a young lad and hasn't really gained anything. Defensively, um, you know, uh, Luke Waterfall might get a look in, but you're probably looking at someone like Harvey Rogers, uh, Tom Malarkey, uh, and um, uh, Kieran. Uh, sorry. Oh, my word. Mar in the back as well. Oh, my God. People are going to kill me. Uh, but Mar at the back instead. So you and Michel Fetti probably on the right. So you've got quite a bit. In goal, we are quite weak. Harvey Cartwright is probably going to play in goal because he played okay. But um, Jake Eastwood has not been incredible. And Harvey Cartwright in the couple of Timpot games was not necessarily um, something to be, uh, you know, something to write home about. 
interesting because we're missing our first choice uh, goalkeeper as well. I think it's going to be out for about four oh. months, unfortunately. So, uh, uh, yeah, indeed. So that might be uh, one to watch. But we have got a 10-goal striker up front in, in the form of Michael Mellon. He's uh, banging them in for fun at the moment. Got a hat-trick just over a week ago. So uh, uh, we are dangerous up top. And we play on the counter-attack, Alex. We'll soak up the pressure and try and hit you with pace and speed and precision on the break. Not dive, not route one by any means, but fast and direct. Uh, is that going to be a good tactic against you? Any tactic is pretty effective against <laughs> us at the moment. Um, yeah, no, um, we're okay. We've got quite a couple of speedsters, um, but the, it does sound like if it you know plays out like it has done for the most of the season, I could see that happening. I could see us having the bulk of the possession around the you know the edge of the your final of our final third doing nothing with it, passing it about, trying to unlock it, but just not really having the ability to do so. And then you hitting on us on the break. People like Afete and, you know, Rogers and Malarkey are pretty quick. Um, so um, we've got that sort of part of it. Camille Conte is uh, a wonderful player, really beautiful at turning the ball over and just playing it simple. Uh, but at the moment, again, it's just not clicking. Fight the, that pass is a little bit too hard, a little bit too further forward than it needs to be, or a little bit too short, which means they then have to turn on themselves and lose all momentum. Um, yeah, counter-attacking with us, you know, playing it over the top, playing for set pieces, you know, anything like that will, will have us bamboozled. We'll bear that in mind. We'll absolutely bear that in mind. So it's only a third of the season gone, though, Alex, isn't it? I mean, is it is all hope lost? I mean, you could go on a, on a half-decent run and uh, you'd be mid-table before you know it. Yeah, no, not really. Eight points off, you know, 10th, I think it is at the moment. So it's not terrible. And, you know, 11 points off the playoffs. So nothing is nothing is lost. But what we do need to see is we need to see, a, a you know, a return on on the time and the, the efforts that uh, the management and the coaching teams have put in. Um, and it could just be a case that it's just taken that little bit more time. I think, you know, we've we've played everybody in the top six, I believe, already. Um, and um, we've had a fair few injuries and they're just back now. So maybe it's just a case of a couple more weeks and it'll be, we'll be all running, all running all right. But um, all evidence is to the contrary right now, but new manager, you know, a new chance to prove themselves. Um, it could, you know, it could change everybody's fortunes, which is what everyone hopes, you know, when a, you know, a manager gets, gets gone. I suppose in League Two, with only two relegation spots up for grabs, then uh, that does give you a fighting chance as well. Twentieth, will we'll, we'll, we'll do. I know you want to set your sights a bit higher than that, but uh, all is not lost. Far, far from it. Long old season ahead. Yeah, but we're you know we are um, quite an abused fan base, and uh, we're quite we're the most relegated team in English football, and so well in the professional leagues anyway. So uh, we get quite jerky and quite you know. Uh, quite worried whenever it's mentioned we're never a mid-table team uh, so last season was a bit odd so we had to throw in an FA Cup quarter-final just to entertain ourselves but um, we do know the worries and all the signs are there you know just that little bit of it's, it's hard to say that teams they're playing at 90% they're not going to win and it just feels a little bit like that and so they, the, the, the alarm bells go off and everybody else most of the fan bases I think would be fine but we, you know We've, we're little Mo out of EastEnders. We've seen, you know, we've seen that <laughs> kettle being thrown at us far too many times. So um, we, we know the signs and start, you know, worrying and writing amongst ourselves. So uh, we're not, a, we're a fragile fan base. <laughs> 
So uh, we'll leave it there with that analogy, Alex, then, if that's OK. Just uh, one more question before we go, because I know you've got to get on and uh, start to, to do your actual your own podcast as well. So uh, I won't keep you for much longer. But uh, we've not been to Blundell Park for uh, quite some time. Uh, what can travelling Morecambe fans uh, expect on Saturday? It's a bit of the same, isn't it? Uh, no, um, it's, it's not too different from Morecambe, an unloved uh, seaside resort. But um, it's, um, you know, quite a nice place. A bit, bit windy at the moment. But... Um, uh, Blundell Park itself has had a little bit of love on it. You, the food is great. Uh, best fish and chips on the planet. And I'll hear nothing else from anybody else. So go to Steel's in the Cleethorpes Town Centre. Uh, get it from there. Or uh, Ocean's Fish Bar if you want to do takeaway. Uh, and then walk up. It's about a mile or so to the ground. You can even, if it's a nice day, which I doubt it will be, you can <laughs> walk along the, you can walk along the seafront to the ground instead. But um, the ground itself has got a family, a fan zone, which has local beers in it and, and, and some decent grub too. So, um, you can get in there early before kickoff. It does fill up pretty quickly. And then I imagine you guys will be in the corner. I think they're doing a bring, bring a buddy sort of scheme this week. We've, since the takeover fan, the, the, the attendances have rocketed. So we've gone up to sort of six, you know, six, 7,000. We've sold 6,000 season tickets. Um, nice. not everybody's turned up, uh, but, um, it just means there's no more room. So if you want, you know, you and your mates want to go on a day, there's not there's not always that room available. Uh, but um, it should be a decent, you know, decent atmosphere. But it, it'll be, you know, you guys are unlucky. You, you're facing us just as we've, we're not on the downturn. Maybe yeah. we might have a new manager and paraded at the beginning of the game. And then everyone's, you know, blood is pumping. It's not the same of, oh, my God, I've got to go to the football. I don't really want to. I'll, I'll miss dancing on ice. Well, we'll enjoy the fish and chips on Cleethorpe's uh, prom, get a pint in and uh, see how the football goes. And hopefully it won't spoil uh, what I think is going to be a great game. Uh, Alex, just before you go, give us the sales pitch one more time for the DN34 podcast, if you will. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just do it on a sat- uh, Sunday at eight o'clock. You're more than welcome on. We will uh, you know, talk about the game. Actually, we probably won't. Uh, we tend to talk about anything else but the football. Uh, we'll usually have some guests on. Uh, we're about to do an interview with Tommy Widrington, who's a former Mariner, but he's also the Aldershot Town Manager at the moment. Uh, I don't know if this is his job Is he, is he in uh, the bet? Is he in the betting, Alex? Is he, uh, he is, yeah. And if we keep tweeting it, I think he goes up. So um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're influencing the markets, but you know what it's like with lower league manager odds. It takes two quid and then they go favourite. So um, uh, it'll be, it's a, it's a well worth coming on to it. I apologise if I say anything over that's okay. Uh, it's one of those, isn't it? Yeah. The N35 podcast. Find it on social media. Just search for it online. You'll, you'll see uh, all the good, wholesome content there. Alex, thanks very much indeed, my friend. Hopefully, we'll catch up later in the season uh, when we are both in positions in the table that we are very happy with. Yeah, absolutely. See you then. Cheers, mate. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.